superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Welcome to the Michael Parsons Show. Let's talk about life. The Rich Eisen Show. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, Diane Rossini. From the conversations I've had, he wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. So we're talking about $50 million a year. Earlier on the show, NFL Network analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. Still to come, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We say hello to everybody listening to us, whether it's on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network or Sirius XM Channel 85, NBC Sports Audio, the Odyssey app, or our podcast, whenever you darn well Please, to listen and or download it, please do hit that subscribe button on the Cumulus Podcast Network or wherever podcasts can be acquired. We're also here on NBC Sports on Peacock and the man who gets us started every single day on Pro Football Talk uh, live at Pro Football Talk on Twitter and his book, Playmakers, is, if I'm not mistaken, let's see, uh, it comes out two weeks from Wednesday, I will say. I'll say that. It was March 15th. I don't know. I know it's the last day of February, and it's not a leap year. Math is not. I was told there was no math on this. But anyway, it comes out on March 15th, and it is also uh, a a book where you can pre-order it right now where all books are sold. Mike Florio back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Mike? Doing great, Rich. Two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow. Two weeks from tomorrow. Fan. Four, three, two, one. Fantastic. Well, you're, you're already uh, for the second or third edition or for paperback, you've got a whole chapter on uh, on Kyler Murray's statement that I'm holding <laughs> up right here, I imagine. Well, right? I think the statement itself would be a whole chapter. <laughs> what gives? Hopefully in larger print. What'd you, what, how'd this one hit you, Mike? Well, it doesn't surprise me because I think the subtext of what happened with Kyler Murray three weeks ago when he scrubbed the Cardinals from his social media pages, which has great significance to 24-year-olds because that's how they communicate and that's how they send messages. And then the report from Chris Mortensen from Super Bowl Sunday citing an unnamed source or unnamed sources that regard Murray as self-centered, finger-pointing, and immature. I think that this is part of the broader back-and-forth aimed at sending messages about the amount of money that's ultimately going to be available to Kyler Murray. And I think that that Murray's agent understands slash believes that whether it's chatter about Murray maybe not being the ideal 
quarterback, although plenty of quarterbacks, if they're in a situation where things aren't going their way, will come off as self-centered, finger-pointing, and immature, like Tom Brady when things aren't going his way. But Eric Burkhart represents both Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. Both guys are in line for new contracts. With Kingsbury, after the season ended, there was some chatter that Michael Bidwell, the owner of the team, was livid, and there was talk that maybe Kingsbury would be out. And I think Burkhardt didn't react to that well. And when he controls the relationships with both guys and they're sort of tied together, I think this all comes down to money. And I think that's why his message was, let's have actions, not words. And maybe those reports we saw about Kingsbury, about Murray, trace back to an effort by the Cardinals to position this in a way that doesn't entail shattering the piggy bank the way that Burkhart may want them to. Well, I mean, but how does it, you know, but, you know, any agent knows it's about contractual control and uh, other than making things uncomfortable for um, a little bit more uncomfortable than it might already have been for Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime when they have their combine um, appearances on Tuesday at 1.45 and 3 p.m. local time, respectively, what, what does this accomplish? What does this accomplish? Well, it doesn't accomplish anything. It's just part of the posturing that sometimes is engaged in to involve the public and the media in setting the stage for whatever the number is going to be. I don't know what Eric Burkhart wants for Kyler Murray. I don't know what he wants for Cliff Kingsbury. But when you look at how the team went from 10-2 and two to 1-done and done in the postseason, halfway through the year we're looking at Murray as the MVP. We're looking at the Cardinals – as the best team in the NFL, and they fell apart. And for nine straight seasons, Kingsbury is a head coach at Texas Tech for six years and three seasons with the Cardinals. He's had good, great starts, and he's tailed off down the stretch. Now, you can also say, well, his team's ultimately gotten better each year in Arizona, and that's accurate, but it doesn't change the fact that he tends to flame out. The rest of the league tends to catch up with him as the season goes on, and the same is true of Kyler Murray. And that ankle injury suffered week eight, the Thursday night game against the Packers that came down to that throw to A.J. Green when A.J. Green didn't know the throw was coming his way, and they could have won that game if A.J. Green makes that catch. Mm. That's when Murray suffered the ankle injury the play before that, and I don't think he was the same all season long. He definitely wasn't the same guy in the playoff game. He had two carries for six yards. So this is about figuring out what the right number is. Hey, it's one thing to say we're going to give you a contract, but how much are we going to pay you? Are you going to be getting $40 million a year? Are you going to get in $30 million a year? That's a big difference. And I think that the Cardinals are going to try to push toward the lower end of that. And Burkhardt is going to try to push his guy toward the higher end of that. And the question is, can they find a middle ground before we get to the start of a season where he's due to make, I think, $5.5 million in total compensation? Well, that's a number that's not even remotely close to his level of uh, play or, or his value. I mean, that's... That's what... true for Lamar Jackson. He didn't get a contract. Different, different circumstance, though. Jackson represents himself and wouldn't engage the Ravens. The Ravens would have done something if they could have gotten Lamar Jackson's attention. So this year the question is, you've got an agent who's engaged. You've got a team that is interested. Can you get the two circles of the Venn diagram to come together? That's going to be the challenge for both sides as we go forward. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. How is the... <laughs> So he's not going to be available, right? Like this quarterback carousel is not going to involve number one, despite, you know, by the way, excellent stationery. Um, and, and despite this, this statement, right? Like he, he's not on the, this is not going to happen. Does any quarterback have a good personal logo? Like, I don't know. So well, many of them have personal logos. I, I don't it, like any of them. 
Really? You don't like the TB12? I, I don't like it. the TB12. Okay. I guess I, you get used to it because you see it everywhere. Yes. But like the Russell Wilson logo, not good. Just mm. the logos aren't good. Whatever they're paying, and they're probably paying a lot to some graphic designer to come up with these <laughs> things. They're just not getting the, the bang for their buck. Anyway. So it's, do you, then let's, let's get to the quarterback carousel here. Mike Florio on the Rich Eisen Show on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. So what is the the quarterback carousel look like? Does it involve Kyler Murray, or this just is not going to de- deteriorate no, uh, unless we're a couple statements away from that? What well, do you think? anybody that would want him is going to have to be ready to give him what he wants financially and give the Cardinals what they would want. So I think that complicates things. And I don't know who out there would be clamoring to make him one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in football and give the Cardinals whatever it would take to make it happen. You have to be willing to listen to anyone who calls you and makes you an offer. Every player that you have in a contract, that contract is an asset that you can flip into something that may be more. And if you don't view this guy as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and someone else does, and they're willing to pay him accordingly and pay you accordingly, you have to at least listen. I'd be surprised if it happens, though. And I think there's a lot of people out there who just would not want Kyler Murray to be their quarterback at all. That's something Sims has said on PFT Live, and I agree with him. There's just, uh, you know, it, he's too short for some, for some coaches. For others, he's not. But for some, they're just going to say, no, it's a non-starter. And, and, you know, when you take away the running ability, he looks even shorter than he is because then he's stuck back there in the pocket and he's trying to find his way through the, the throwing lanes. And, and if he's not going to pull down the ball and take off with it. It's not that same level of threat that we've seen when he's at his best. So I don't think he's going to be on the carousel, but all it takes is one team to contact the Cardinals and say, hey, you know, we're willing to give this guy what you're not, and we're willing to give you a lot to make it happen, and let's do something. The Cardinals would have to at least take it seriously, but I'd be stunned if it happened. It'd have to be so much. And, you know, as a practical matter, if you're going to trade for somebody, what you have to give up to get him from another team and what you have to give up to get him on a contract, that's a sliding scale. And the more you pay the player, the less you want to give up in draft pick compensation. The more you give up in draft pick compensation or player contracts, the less you want to pay. I I just think it would be too hard to pull it off, and I just don't think we're even going to go there. I'd like to think this ends with an acceptable contract for Kyler Murray, but you know we'll we'll see. There's going to be more huffing and puffing before – they sit down and, and work this thing out. Well, let's talk Rodgers. I had Diana Rossini on the show, um, and she mentioned the, the, the number of $50 million a year. Um, McAfee said he spoke to Rodgers, and he called that report false. I saw your post on it. I, I agreed uh, with what you said. Uh, I'd said it earlier in the day as well. I think if he's... Fifty millions worth it. I mean, like we're talking about a LeBron extension in the NBA, two years, ninety-seven million. Um, why not that for Aaron Rodgers if he's playing as well as LeBron is at his age in his sport? Right yeah. after the Packers lost to the Forty ers in the playoffs, I wrote at PFT that if the Packers want to avoid Aaron Rodgers' off-season drama 2.0, there's an easy way to fix it. Go to him right now and offer him two years, one hundred million, fully guaranteed. That's fifty million a year. If you fully guarantee it, it makes Jordan Love moot for the remainder of his rookie contract. He's got two years left under contract with the fifth-year option available. But that's the easy way to do it. That's what I wrote. And in response to that, I heard from somebody connected to Rodgers. And I know he swears no one connected to him talks. And I'm shocked he's that naive because everybody talks, especially 
when they're trying to help their client. And what I heard was, you're barking up the wrong tree. It's not about money at this point. They offered him a huge contract last year. It's not about money. It's about where he's happy. It's about where he's comfortable. It doesn't matter how much he's getting. What matters to him is where he's playing. Now, we're wired to believe that whenever someone says it's not about money, it's absolutely about money. And if it is, yes, $50 million per year is fair for the back-to-back regular season MVP. And when we see where the salary cap is going, because the first line of defense is, oh, oh the salary cap, well, you can make it work under the salary cap. That, that's just something that the teams throw out there to justify not doing what players want them to do. You can make it work. And each year the salary cap is going to go up more and more and more with the pandemic behind us, with the new TV deals kicking in, with the gambling revenue increasing all the time. And anything you do to kick cap dollars into future years, those cap dollars are going to mean less in future years because the total cap keeps going higher and higher. So they can make it work without him accounting for 25% of the salary cap right now. They could pay him $50 million a year, and they could push all that money into future years and rip the Band-Aid off when the cap is a lot more than the $220 million or whatever it's going to be this year. So, yes, I think he deserves it. There's nothing unreasonable with wanting it. I'm just not sold on the idea that it really is an issue for him at this point. It's more about where he's going to be and what he's going to do. And, you know, he said 17 days ago that a decision will come pretty quickly after he takes a couple of weeks to think about it. We are in that range now. And here we are 16 days away from the start of the league year. He said multiple times before free agency begins he's going to make his desire known. And, Rich, I think the entire quarterback carousel hinges on him. That, that the teams out there that are considering which quarterbacks they're going to go after, I think everyone's going to wait and see what happens with Rodgers before some of these deals get done. I think that's one of the reasons why we haven't seen any of the unofficial trades like the, the Stafford to the Rams, which was weeks before the start of the league year, the Alex Smith to Washington from several years ago. I just don't think we're, we're going to see any of that until Rodgers makes his intentions known. Yeah, so he um, is a linchpin of it. What about Russell Wilson? What do you think? I think at the end of the day, he's going to stay in Seattle. I think he needs to reestablish himself. And I'm not sure that you're going to get the same market for him this year as we saw last year because there's questions about whether or not he's in an early stage of overall physical decline. And it may just be that other younger quarterbacks are so good that in comparison to them, he doesn't look as spectacular as he used to. But he doesn't move like he used to. He doesn't run like he used to. And then when he suffered that finger injury on a Thursday night, when his hand encountered the helmet of Aaron Donald, he was never the same the rest of the year. And I know it was heroic for him to return when he did, and he got back on the field, but he was just never the same guy throwing the ball. He's not the guy he used to be running the ball. And I don't know that that I, I put together a gigantic package to try to get him, especially because he may want a new contract on the way through the door. And he's always put himself in a position where when it's time to negotiate, his agent, who represents no other NFL players, he's the Tom Hagen of NFL agents. He's got one client. He always drives a hard bargain because he doesn't have some broader dance that he has to be sensitive to where he's going to piss somebody off as it relates to this client or that client. He always drives a very shrewd, hard bargain for Russell Wilson. And that's out there. He's got two years left on his contract, and he typically does a deal with one year left. And if there's going to be a trade, he's probably going to want that new deal right now. So I think it's going to be tough to do. And the Seahawks, I, I could see the Seahawks convincing him to give it one more shot. 
in Seattle. And then if it doesn't work this year, then next year would be the, the time that Russell Wilson gets moved. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. So give me a, give me a team that would make a big swing at quarterback that would, up, that, that would spin that carousel or a quarterback that can, um, can raise his hand and say, I want out or publicly or not. Like uh, Stafford was that guy last year and the Rams were that team. So what do you think? Well, where's the team this year that you look at and say you're definitely going to put yourself in a situation where the deck is stacked in your favor if you go there? And I kind of think that's why, at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers may stay put. I've gone from thinking he's definitely going to ask to leave to maybe he's going to realize that, you know, if he goes somewhere else and they have a strong regular season and don't get to the Super Bowl, then, then maybe all of a sudden the narrative shifts from the Packers can't put a winner around Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Rodgers can't finish the deal with, uh, you know, a team that does really well in the regular season and then peters out in the postseason. You look at the AFC, and, and that's where I think the Packers will want to send him. They're not going to want to have to contend with him, even though they may not have to worry about that post-Rodgers looking at the, uh, the quality of their quarterback option. We still don't know what Jordan Love's going to be, but, you know, let's say Rodgers ends up with, with someone like the Steelers or or the Broncos, or and the Broncos are, the, are widely regarded as the front runner. I, I, I just, I, I don't think you can look at a destination for Rodgers as some sort of dramatic upgrade, like it was for Brady going from a Patriots team that was in decline to the Buccaneers, Stafford going from a Lions team that's perpetually in decline to the Rams. The Packers are the two-time defending number one seed who have failed to parlay that into a Super Bowl win. Where do you go if you're Rodgers, where you can feel confident that, that you're going to strike gold and make it three for three quarterbacks with new teams getting a Super Bowl win right out of the gates? I think it's tough to find a spot. The Colts intrigue me. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers is interested in the Colts, but mm. they're clearly done with Carson Wentz. You and, think? And you Rodgers think, huh? is 0-2 lifetime at Indy, so he knows it's hard to win in that building. I, and it's, you know, you play all your games in a dome. You don't have to worry about the cold and the wind and the rain. I, if they could pull it off, that would be something. Hmm. And you think they're done with Wentz? You I think, think they're that. done with Wentz. I, there's been too much noise about them being done with Wentz with no pushback <laughs> whatsoever from the Colts to make me think it has to be true that they're done with Wentz. The question is, what can they do with them? And, you know, if the Steelers are going to go with Mason Rudolph, then nah. that, that's the easiest That's the easiest <laughs> answer, right? I mean, come on. Mason Rudolph's probably a nice guy. I don't know him personally, but, but give me a break. Have we not seen enough from Mason Rudolph? Well, I mean. No way in hell is Mason Rudolph no, I know that. the quarterback of the Steelers. And we had our friend Rick Stroud on the show uh, last week as well from Tampa Bay, um, the Tampa Bay Times. And he said, you know, similar to what Ed Bouchette said when he came on, is like, look, this is what they have now. This is what they've got now. Like, if it started now, this is the guy now. Um, and the question is, is like, who, who, if not him, then who? And for the Steelers, Bouchette said there's no way they're making a big swing. They might draft somebody, maybe. Maybe, you know, like instead of a big swing, a check swing at quarterback, like uh, Winston or Jimmy G, maybe, you know. or uh, And then Tampa... I threw out the name of Brady maybe coming back, you know, once he's done hanging out with Lily Tomlin. He, he then decides that <laughs> that there's more than more than just a movie, right? Like that, that's that's where he went with the Gabbert um, scenario. Well, I, we we reported earlier today that the Dolphins were thinking about and planning to go after Brady and Sean Payton as a package deal, and I don't think Brady's done. I think Brady's done with the Bucks. And I think Brady is retired for the off season. 
and he said it himself on his podcast when he when he uttered the never say never line which got most of the attention the other thing that caught my ear was him saying that when June and July rolls around, he doesn't know how he's going to feel because that was dangerously close to what Brett Favre said to David Letterman April 2008 when he was retired and nobody thought he was coming back. And he said something along the lines of when training camp rolls around, something's bound to happen. I was like, holy crap, this guy's coming back. And and when, when Brady says, I don't know how I'm going to feel, well, you know what? I know how he's going to feel, and you know how he's going to feel. And everybody listening knows how he's going to feel. He's going to feel like... I can't let this sport go forward without me because I'm good enough to still play. So maybe he placates Giselle with four months at home, and she realizes, you know what, four months is enough. And uh, whether it's the Dolphins, whether it's the 49ers, I still think he's going to end up the 49ers. But I just think he's done with the Buccaneers. He retired from the Buccaneers, not from football. And maybe that's why that statement only mentioned the Buccaneers, and it was every single person in the organization who was, who was thanked. Maybe the real message is he's retiring from the Buccaneers. And you're reporting that, 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 that um, Brady's retired and Sean Payton steps away, um, and, and, and then the Dolphins swooped in and said, how about the both of you together right here before they hired Mike McDaniel? That's what you're saying? They were planning to go after both guys, and the Flores lawsuit resulted in them pulling the plug on it. I don't know whether they decided to pull the plug or maybe the league office said you can't do this because of the Flores lawsuit. But, you know, I, I poked around yesterday and sought comment from the Dolphins, and on the record they declined comment, but off the record multiple team sources said that they actually made a request for permission to speak to Sean Payton after Payton resigned from the Saints, and the Saints declined the request for permission, which is odd to me because you, you can, number one, get him out of the conference because everybody thinks he's coming back to the Cowboys at some point. Number two, you get something for him. And with Brady, all that Dolphin sources would acknowledge is there's been internal discussions about him becoming a minority owner because he's very close with Bruce Beal, the number two guy in ownership who's eventually, presumably, going to take over the team from Stephen Ross. So, uh, uh, but, but look, hey, Brady is the unnamed quarterback in the Flores lawsuit that Flores claims Stephen Ross tried to get him to tamper with. The Patriots were petrified two years ago that Brady was going to land with the Dolphins because of the Beal connection. So, yeah, that was, that was a thing until the Brian Flores lawsuit came along and made it not a thing. Mike, uh, as always, a great chat. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, look for my call post-combine prior to your book coming out. Uh, my platform is yours, compadre. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate it, pal. Anytime. Thank you. That Please. is Mike Florio at Pro Football Talk. So many items are food for thought right there. To say the least. Let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll, we'll um, I guess, digest a little bit more of what Mike just said right here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show and an overreaction Monday segment. Brock, when you got that all teed up, right? Let's go. It. You're more of your phone calls at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Every golf equipment company claims to be the longest off the tee. Callaway, though, with the new Rogue ST driver is the only one built to completely bomb it. It's been speed-tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Every Rogue ST's engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge, which gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. But that's just the beginning because Callaway's engineered a rogue ST for every player. Most golfers like myself fit into the max because... 
there's an incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. There's the Max D, their dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. If you need something more low spin, there's the Max LS. But for the true players out there, there's the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS compact low spin head that the tour players love look callaway has thought through every aspect of speed so all you have to do is go rogue find your rogue sc driver at callawaygolf.com slash afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls how to refine your mental models and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Go Rogue. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. And Brockman's overreaction Monday when we return. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio outfit. We're, we're, we're diving in. Conegate. Conegate. Do it. Hashtag. <laughs> I, I just... I, <laughs> I don't... I don't Do it. <laughs> we just showed how Derek Jeter's uh, parking spot has been coned off, according to SNY, as he has stepped down as being the CEO of the Miami Marlins. So, big story going, big story developing down in Florida. In Jupiter, Florida, they're meeting to try and save the season. In Miami, Florida, or wherever the Miami Marlins organization is located, they are coning off a spot to save the spot. Save us all a spot, baseball, for figuring out what's going on. Okay? Let's see if we got ourselves a season. That would be great if we do that. So I'm with Florio. I think uh, I, I think Russell Wilson stays put, and I think Aaron Rodgers stays put. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to go anywhere. I don't know though. Clearly, only he knows. And then how about that? That he's saying that the Dolphins took a swing at Brady. Hey Brady, and hey Sean. How about you come here? How, what a what a huge turnaround that would have been for both men. And the compensation they would have had to send to Tampa and to to New Orleans to get it done. Yeah, because those are trades. Because yeah, those guys, guys are, are under, under contract. contract. Right. Yeah. They I are. Guess, I guess they have those Texans picks that you know flip a couple ones. Still. Still, lots going on right there. Uh, sideline Mike in Atlanta. It's been too long, which means just a few days. What's up, sideline Mike? Gentlemen, how's everyone? What's going on? Sean, Mike. Is Del 248 work today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I love this guy. Oh, he's here. He's here. You know, guys, I, I look at baseball, man, and it's just pathetic. And if you guys want to really get your eyebrows raised, I want you to investigate what they, how they treat the minor league baseball players. I got eight guys living in a four-room four apartment. When you do some research on what baseball, how they handle the minor league system, brother, how they got seven years of initial control over these guys, you can see why 
some of our greatest athletes on playing baseball. But getting back to a comment you guys made earlier about my dog, Nicobe Dean, yes, sir. falling, yes, sir. falling, yes. falling to the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Now, Rich, I'm not totally familiar with the draft order, but I do believe the Baltimore Ravens picked before the Cowboys. And when I tell you, son, that Kobe Dean ain't getting past Baltimore to put put on the uh, star with the helmet. The well, helmet the Ravens the Ravens choose 14th. So the question is, is where does um, where does he stand um, on somebody's draft board? And Derek Stingley Jr. is is what Daniel Jeremiah says that the that the Ravens really like themselves a corner. Um, and oh, need themselves a, a corner. Yeah, they need a bunch of those. Yes, they do. When you look at how everybody went down, but if you could put Nicole Dean mm-hmm. with the guy that was in the co-host chair last week. <laughs> right, I know that. I know that. The Cowboys, if they, if they could do that, it would be a dream. It would be a Rich, dream. You were struggling with that. You were struggling with that. That was hard <laughs> for you to do what? What, with Micah? Sitting <laughs> yeah. in my chair? You know what, yeah. sideline Micah? I, I, I can share. I can share. There may be an I and Rich and Eisen, but I'm a team player if somebody wants to try it. But, uh, hey, man, the combine is waiting. Can't wait to see your coverage, Rich. Thank you very and much. You, you um, guys have a great day, man. You too. Bye, Take care. Bye, Mike. Too much has question. gone TJ's way lately. You know what I mean? Man, so you, just ain't, like, you ain't never lied, man. Like, it's like the like, luck of the Irish, only I'm not Irish. You're not Irish. So, and so like, having the Kobe Dean go to the Cowboys, like, come on. I love it. And like I said, Nicobe Dean, another friend of the show, and that's what makes it even better. I mean, would, but they have, the Ravens have Patrick Queen. I don't think that's an, that they need. I guess I don't know why would they need. Can't Dean? have enough good line. The corners, brother. <laughs> but I will say this: much like the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know if it's first round or whatever, but we need to rebuild that line. We got to yeah. do a, a little well, bit I'm better job. To see so. who, if there are any offensive linemen. There's Tyler Smith of Tulsa and Bernard Raymond. Of Central Michigan, who are first round tackles that go off the board on Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft after Dean is selected. The Raiders choose Charles Cross of Mississippi State, 22nd overall. So, but if Nicobe Dean's sitting there and I'm drafting 24th, are you kidding me? Come on. It's like that uh, All the way Dave in. Chappelle, Rick James gift, Brockman, where he's just like the camera, like, yes. Home. Yeah. Chris Brockman, it's hey, now Rich. time for Overreaction Monday. Hit it on this Monday show. That was terrible. That was crap. That was garbage. This place sucks. Overreaction Mondays. Monday. Go ahead and hit it, Christopher. All right, here we go. We got a couple uh, NBA, a couple oh. NFL topics uh, for you. Let's get started with the basketball. The 76ers, they're going to win the East, man. They look too good with Harden and Embiid. Now Maxi a third option? Dang. I think it's an overreaction to say that the Sixers are going to win the East. How dare you. But um, first blush, like I said, Embiid, uh, what, did he shoot 29 free throws the other night? 27. 27. I mean, if they Remember, just stop hacking the man, it's like yeah, I'm surprised yeah. he survived I told the game. You, I told you, at one point with Harden there and Embiid there, they will win a game where both of those guys combined shoot 45 free throws. <laughs> Like that's yeah. coming. I think there was like thirty-seven. But it's the it, it, it's it's the way that Tyrese Maxey has filled the stat sheet over the last two games that I think you should be very happy yeah. about as a Philadelphia 76 fan. Then you got somebody like Doc Rivers who knows how to make it all cash. I think it's still too early an overreaction, um, but they look terrific. 
also, Chris, remember I was telling you Tyrese Maxey was a guy did not want included in any trades. You're right. You were see all over that, man. What else, Christopher? All right. So the Lakers last night were two and a half point favorites at home. And lost by 90 Pelicans. million. Right. <laughs> and lost by 28. <laughs> like Sam Amick said, there's there's clips going around on Twitter and Instagram of these guys yelling and arguing with fans courtside. I just watched one. It was, I mean, wow. It's crazy. <laughs> Lakers wow. fans were right to boo LeBron and company last night. Yeah, I think so. How's that? That's not an overreaction. Your fans are... are hey, boo LeBron this is, is kind a of Lake, a big thing. Excuse me. This is a Laker town. This is a Laker town, and then it's a Dodger town, and then we see whatever else, who, who, you know, hopefully the Rams can be included in this well, equation. They're, now. they're third now, for sure. And Laker fans are um, are uh, underratedly ir- ir- angry fans, okay? They're underratedly angry fans who are spoiled. Underratedly? Spoiled, no. yes. for sure. Yeah, because you think of Los Angeles, you don't think of angry fans. Oh, well, you, you're not a Clipper fan that lives in Los Angeles, trust me. But you, think of, ap- you think of apathetic <laughs> No, what I'm just saying, angry fans. Like, I look at you, you're an angry fan. (laughs) I look at a New Yorker, you're an angry fan. You're not happy unless you're angry. And in Los Angeles, everybody thinks, oh, it's so beautiful out here. No, we don't care. We show up whenever we want. We leave early because we hate traffic more than we love our team. Well, that is a fact. So, no, I mean, but the Laker fans are an angry and spoiled bunch. They are a spoiled bunch. Spoiled bunch, yes. And they are not used to being um, mediocre to subpar. Certainly when they have a collection of stars that they feel um, uh, should win, especially when it's commensurate with their ticket price. So, yeah. When you see that last night and the the New Orleans Pelicans come in and you see Anthony Davis in street clothes and... And you watch Brandon Ingram hitting for 19 and knowing oh, yeah. you gave him up. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll boo. What else over there? Chris? All right, a couple NFL topics here. We talked about it. NFL topics now, Mike. He's not paying attention. He's actually he was screen grabbing his fo- his his computer there oh, minutes ago. <laughs> okay, what else I you mean, got? He's doing stuff. I like the chimes. Yeah, I like the chimes. He's working. I got you. Mike. I get it working. I got it. It's like got a it. DJ. Thank you. you can't just Hackers are playing in London. Okay, it was announced today. They put out a really cool photo of the Abbey Road. You know the Beatles cover. With all kinds of like a bunch of players and Matt LaFleur. LaFleur. Not in the photo. Aaron Rodgers. Right. Packers leaving Rodgers out of the London game means he's out. It means he's out. That's he just... has told them he's out, and they know. That's why they previewed the game with the photo that's without ridiculous. him in it. Right. He's out. That's ridiculous. That's <laughs> That may be your most ridiculous overreaction to date. Well, why is he not in the picture then? I don't know. Why is he not in the picture? Because somebody who is... Uh, in charge of that, just, you know. Yeah, hey, you can see how they let's, could. Let's I, leave out our most famous player of all time. Yeah, Chris, <laughs> I can see how they could overlook him. Like, oh, okay. wait a minute. Let's Got put it. Oh, man, I forgot to put the four-time MVP in the photo. Or I'll just, My you know, bad. I don't know. I don't know. Put up, put up the photograph that doesn't have Rodgers in it, right? Let me see that. Who are these other people? There's AJ. No, that's, I came and see the picture. Uh, so... Is that Rashawn Gary on the yeah, left? Yeah, Rashawn Gary and okay. Aaron Jones. Okay. Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari. Okay. Do, does one of them play bass? Does one of them play drum? I'm trying to see if there's a. No, I'm trying to help out here. Oh, oh Rich, what, what if what George, if they do actually play? Whoever runs at Packers like might band? just not even just like choose whatever it looks like, or it's just you know the the. Then the, why is Rashawn Gary got cleats on? Like, if you're gonna do the photo, do the photo, and include your best player. 
I'll just say it means nothing and move on, sir. <laughs> Normally, I don't jump on these things, but he's right. You guys you are can't nuts. Have that oversight. Yeah, yeah. Like, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, like like Gouda Kunst and Gouda Mark Kunst. Murphy and they Aaron Rodgers it, and but... all of their conversations that they have at the highest level. Absolutely. You know what? The first thing that they do after calling Lafleur up to keep him up to speed Check is they Instagram. call up whoever runs at Packers that they're up to speed and they know what's going on. It's exactly what the it's Packers do. It's like you do. two taking a picture like that without Bono. Yeah, exactly. But, seriously. You would want, if if, if you if, two posted a photo like that, announcing, that announcing a, a world, world tour, tour. Yeah. and Bono's not in the photo, you'd be like, Did Bono leave the band? Bono leave the band? First thing I'd say. Are they pulling a journey? Do we have a new lead singer? Right, yeah. Like, you convince me. Rogers is out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? See? Uh, you're, right. Go. you're right. You're right. You're right. We yeah. should. Yeah. We should take a Photoshop yeah. of a Abbey Road photograph that mimics the Beatles for the Slight exception that it's five guys yeah, on the screen. Four, Was one of them Billy Preston? Is is Matt Lafleur the Billy Preston? George Park. You know, and, and who's John the Pete Best? The, <laughs> Rogers is the Pete Best. Out. Out. I mean, yeah, you're they, right. They're John Lennon isn't even in the picture. You're right. They're announcing for the first time ever. They've never played Got an it. international game. You're right. First time ever they're going. Their, most, their Yo, most famous player is not involved. Let's leave our most famous like, guy and our best player out of the right. photo. You're right. It means Rodgers is out. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Rich, let's talk, <laughs> about, are we let's doing? talk about Kyler Murray. Speaking of weird. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, that whole agent statement thing from this yeah. morning. Yeah. That's going to work. Kyler's going to get a new deal before the season. Yeah, that's that's hard to not overreact to that. I just think it's weird. The whole thing is weird to just keep on making it public when, you know, this is Fight Club, man. You just don't talk about it. Just keep everything under the radar screen and make sure that you don't put the management team you're trying to extract all the money from in a position of giving you less money because we can't make it seem like the tail's wagging the dog. But, you know, Eric Burkhart represents both uh, the coach and the quarterback. That's the name of the agent who put out the statement today. And so, as Mike Florio said, he knows what he's attempting and what he's doing. I, I, I would be, uh, I, would, I, I will call that, a, that's yeah, not an overreaction, that he will get a deal before 2022 because you want him happy. Because clearly when he's unhappy, he goes and turns to his Instagram account and sends out statements, which is a problem for your franchise quarterback because at some point he's going to be unhappy again. Then what? This is like, you know, everything the last three weeks has been just a, a different version of body language, to be honest with you. Do you got anything else? That's oh, yeah, yeah, last one. Uh, last one. Oh, you were fading it out. I was thinking, I okay. thought he was uh, fake. Jeter's out. Is Miami Marlins yes. CEO. He's, he's giving up his ownership shares. Yes. I think he's won like 20 games there in the last like. Oh, God. <laughs> over the last five years. Ridiculous. Over the last five years. <laughs> yes. You'd rather be A-Rod than Jeter. Oh, I mean, what, what are we doing? Oh, my God. What no. are we doing? No, no. Are you kidding You'd me? You'd rather be A-Rod than no. Jeter. What no. an overreaction. No. I just said I the mean, previous one about the Packers is his most ridiculous one yet. Are you kidding no. me? Why would you rather be A-Rod than Jeter? In the last five years? Why? What? Uh, 
Two, what? Two words. Why? Oh my God. Jennifer Jay Lopez. Also, no, no. also no. T Wolves owner. Re, uh, he's on every MLB so show post game. Revamped yeah, Jeter's image. lived a terrible Everybody life. Yeah, it's a poor guy. <laughs> a terrible life of privacy. Privacy and normalcy. Poor guy. He's running the Marlins into the ground. Nobody down there likes him. They, they're happy that he's out. Meanwhile, A Rod living his life, life everywhere. Yeah. People love him. Who cares? Who cares? He's still at the end of the day. At the end of the day, one guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer and in, and the other guy will never get in, no matter how he's trying to wash his image. Well, he should. Ever. He's definitely getting in something. And you know what? You know what? On top of it, if Jeter had a birthday and a birthday cake served to a bunch of people, you know who would eat it? People. You know who would not leave it around? The people who was around A-Rod the night that J-Lo brought a cake to the booth that we all knew was bought from a Shawmutz down the street. That's just Shaw's to shop and save. Whatever it is. Um, I mean, give me a break. Kendall can't eat all that sugar rich. Sure give me you. a break. And then they show a shot of the cake later on where there are members of the media around and nobody ate it. That, cake that shows you how unpopular a person is. You'd rather be A-Rod than Jeter. Last I would five, rather be Jeter than years. A-Rod. That is, <laughs> how dare years. you? How dare you? How dare you? There's the cake. There's the cake. <laughs> that looks like his name's not even on it. <laughs> Nobody touched it. His name's not on it. It's just like somebody down the street. Go buy a cake. You know somebody ate that, though. Come on. And then they handed it yeah. to Jay. The guy's You're so loved, booth. Alex. Here's a cake without your name on it. And then nobody ate it. He didn't eat it. She didn't eat it. Nobody ate it. Vaskersian didn't eat it. Nobody ate it. Vaskersian you know, definitely way, had a slice. By the way, by the way, if I'm calling a game and I have it's eight o'clock at night, I haven't had dinner since like five well, o'clock. I'm eating cake, oh, dude. That's that's my dinner. I'm yeah. eating cake. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I don't really like the guy. I mean, I don't want your cake. I'll be honest with you. I don't care how much I dislike somebody if some delicious cake is sitting there. Exactly. I mean, you have to have I a slice. Want you know, just yeah, one. Maybe that little black crunchy things in the center between the vanilla and the chocolate. I'm in. <laughs> Give it a shot. Give it a shot. All right, we're taking a break. Well done. Let's go to Phoenix, Arizona. Let's wrap up our show. Let's clear our decks. Jason and Phoenix, you're on the program. What's up, Jason? Hey, Rich. What's going on? I love the show, man. Thanks, man. I'm going to give you a little constructive criticism, if I may. Uh, I'm not going to call you a fake player. I'm going to say you're a fake player guy. You act like you're for the players, but, I mean, this little picture they just showed with the Packers, isn't that the equivalent of what Kyler Murray did? By omitting Rogers out, but if the owners do it, no big deal. The owner's not doing it though, Jason. The owner's not doing it. It's somebody who's sitting in a front office somewhere coming up the with a cute idea. The organization. Yeah, well, the or, you know what I'm saying. It's like it's there's it's a so, social media. So how team. about this? You know, if Rogers comes back, you can call into the show and just in. Or if Rogers doesn't come back, you can call on the show. And I'm not a fake player guy. I I, I will not countenance that. Uh, why Why is Murray so wrong? For what? Murray for so wrong for for expunging his Instagram account and then not well, accounting for it's it. The way he's going about it. No, I'm, I, he's not wrong. I, I, he deserves to get paid. I just know well, that. What, what, I, I don't know. What this about is, the report that Mortensen gave, though? They started it. They put it out there. Come on. Oh, I, I definitely think that whatever was put out there, it was wrong for it to be put out there. But also, have you watched the Cardinals play? He does have bad body language. It, and I would like that. I just had to. You know, I was seeing the pictures y'all had of him on the sideline. How mad he was. 
I want somebody who hates losing that much. He's going to be good, you guys. He's not Baker Mayfield. This is ridiculous. This isn't even a question. Well, I think he does deserve to get I know that. I do think he does deserve to get paid. I don't like him expunging his Instagram account and then putting out a statement when when just go negotiate behind the scenes. That's it. So do you do you dislike that more than what the organization did by telling Chris Mortensen what they said to them? I don't know if it was the organization who said that. Do you? Okay. Well, I mean, they apparently have sources. I mean, they're not just like spurting out like what their buddies said, I hope not. All right. Jason, thanks for the call. Call by. Per sources from Sweden. We are very pro player, but come on, do it in the right way. I guess the right way is the, the, it doesn't matter what the right way is if you're um, going to get what you want. We'll see if it does. But as DJ said, he probably had a chuckle and rolled his eyes a little bit, Steve Kahn, because Steve Kahn has him under contract this year. They will pick up a fifth-year option the year after that. And if nothing happens, then they will franchise tag him. And if nothing happens after that, they'll franchise tag him again. So we're talking, talking what? So, so if you're going to be under contract to a team for four years, might as well enjoy it. And the only thing, again, is that th- this sort of style, um, if it mirrors somebody who doesn't, perform well late in games and does have bad body language and is immature, can you win football games with that person? I don't know anything that's going on behind the scenes. I see what I see with him, and I think he's a dynamite football player. I mean, you love him. Who can win a Super Bowl. I think he can win a Super Bowl. I think he absolutely can. He's just got to stay healthy and get through it. And he did have somebody who scored, what, 14 touchdowns from the running back position this year? Yeah. He's also a free agent. I think he's going to wind up in Miami. Does that guy sound like the guy that you that Mike McDaniel wants to run downhill with? Uh, yep. What do you think? Does. Also, I think the Cardinals' season probably would have ended a little differently if Hopkins hadn't been hurt for. They both were hurt a month. Yeah, like Kyler missed a bunch of time too. Yeah. On it was the ankle this year. It was a shoulder the year before. I just think at some point this is all going to get done and we'll all look back on it and just say, well, I don't know about laughing because if this is indicative of somebody who has difficulty standing, you know, being able to stand the heat in the kitchen, can you win a Super Bowl with a guy like that? His physical, his physical abilities when healthy show you certainly can. You certainly can. And you can't say the Cardinals didn't try to maximize his potential upon arrival when they bounced the quarterback that they drafted the year before and they bounced the coach that they hired the year before to get him a coach that he's comfortable with and a system that he, I assume, enjoys. And then they tell him, here's DeAndre Hopkins. (laughs) Do you know how many other quarterbacks get drafted and then don't have the coach that gives them the system and they don't have the horses put around him? But it'll get done at some point. In the meantime, fantastic stationery. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you on Tuesday's show right here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll wrap us up. 